Father, as we turn to your word, we pray that you will affirm in our hearts that it is well with our soul. And if it isn't, help us to find in Jesus everything that we need for now and eternity. We pray that you will excite us with all that is ahead of us as we look not just to the coming of Jesus at Christmas, but to his second coming and this brave, grand new world that we have already been reading about. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're, I think it's three weeks into Advent, which is why there's only three candles lit. And uh, that's about 14 days into the journey towards Christmas. So if you have an Advent calendar and you've been opening the doors and eating your chocolate, you will only have done 12 days because it doesn't follow the church calendar. It follows the month calendar. I don't have a chocolate-filled advent calendar, but I do have a 12-day, not 24 days, a 12-day calendar, advent calendar, and behind each of the 12 days are a pair of socks. I even have one of them on this evening. Here we are, if you're close enough to see. Uh, penguins, I, I'm not quite sure what penguins have to do with Christmas, even a secular Christmas, but there we are. But I think it's quite um, relevant, really, that I have socks for this journey that we're all on. It's kind of helping to equip me with this journey, just in one tiny way. But that's what Advent is. I think if I remember correctly, three weeks ago, we were thinking about Advent as a journey, not just to Christmas, but to the return of Jesus. Advent is a really vital journey in our experience. It's important that we take time out to focus on what that journey is. In a book called Christmas, The Christmas Story, The Whole Christmas Story by Jo Swinney, she writes this, a time of waiting, a time of anticipation, a time of preparation. We're waiting for Christmas, but in a greater sense, we're waiting for more. The fulfillment of what that baby's arrival set in motion. Because Christmas, Bethlehem, the baby in a manger, has set in motion thousands of years into eternity. And of course, more importantly, the return of Jesus. I often uh, tell this story. I haven't told it here, so I can do it here uh, this evening. My favourite Christmas story to tell, uh, thinking about the coming of Jesus the first or the second time, or both, is uh, set in the Second World War. And uh, a mum and her son uh, used to go into a room where on the wall was a picture of uh, his dad, her husband. And uh, he was away at war, of course. He was fighting in the trenches. And they'd stand just for a few moments every day, gazing at this picture on the wall. It was a kind of memory. It was keeping alive the memory of uh, his dad. And one day he was looking at the picture and he turned to his mum and he said, wouldn't it be good if God, if, if dad just stepped down out of the picture and was here with us today. And that's what people have been hoping for 800 years since the prophecy that we've just read and others. 
waiting for uh, the coming of the Messiah. If only God would step down out of the picture, if only God would dwell amongst his people, if only Jesus would come. But they had to wait, as we now have to wait. I keep getting popping up on my social media what they call a tiny Advent poem. It's only, they're only four, four lines long, and one of them the other day was this. Unseen bulbs asleep in frozen earth, handwritten markers hold promises of spring colours. That's Advent, isn't it? Promise of spring colours. Promise that Jesus would the first time step down out of the picture and the second time is going to come in all his glory. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, wrote the prophet. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He came, he did come, as promised, as anticipated, as looked for, watched for. He came... That's why we have this month, and uh, that's why December the 25th is key in the life of everybody in the world, whether they celebrate his coming or not, because the Word was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. (laughs) So in Isaiah 11, we have a very different description we don't hear very often of the coming Messiah, the coming Christ, the coming King of kings and Lord of lords. A shoot will come up from the stump, the root of Jesse. It's a strange expression, and we need to ask ourselves, if we don't already know, why, what? Has this got meaning? How can this have meaning? Does it matter? Well, let me ask you a question. What does, uh, uh, do Ed Balls, Pixie Lott and Dame Judi Dench have in common of, of, late, of late? Nobody know? I've not watched the programmes, but of course they've all been the subject of who do you think you are? And in who do you think you are, they, they sort of delve back into the lineage of the person and they find some distant history that has relevance and is either amazing... Who can forget Danny Dyer uh, finding that he was royalty, at least related to royalty, way back? And these three also, like all the subjects of this programme, find who they are in their lineage, their history, their genealogy. My sister-in-law loves to uh, to delve in, and she's created all of our genealogy and all its confusion (laughs) didn't really come up with anything particularly striking, but she, she's managed to do that going back decades, decades and decades. And this is what uh, being the root of Jesse is all about. It's about Jesus' lineage, Jesus' genealogy, Jesus' history in a in human sense, which is really important. So saying the root of the stump of Jesse is a lot easier than reading Matthew chapter 1. 
because uh, I, I, I guess when you get to Matthew, you know, in your daily readings and they, it suggests you read Matthew 1, you kind of just skim through all those names and then you get to the good bit, the story of Jesus being born. Well, that genealogy ends with some, a really important set of facts. It says this, Thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David... 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah, to Jesus being born. Isn't that astonishing? 42 years in three groups of 14, and we have the coming of Jesus in the line of Abraham. God, the God of numerical order. I need somehow to get more like him. I'm so far from it. Specifically, being the root of Jesse is a pivotal point in this, this, this genealogy. As Jesse was the father of the great King David. So what this story does, what this expression does, is puts us right at the heart of the genealogy of Jesus on one side... In, in the line of Joseph, his stepfather, the father who cared for him on behalf of the God the Father. And we have this, this story or this set of genealogy, this set of uh, people who in some ways, at least one way, authenticate the life of Jesus here on earth. There's much, much more to authenticate the life of Jesus, of course. But this puts Jesus right there within the Abrahamic family line, which was very important to establish for the sake of the Jews and the fulfilment of their promise for a Messiah to come. Fantastic. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From the roots, a branch will bear fruit. It's his origin, if you like, on one side. That's why six times, I think it is, in the Gospel of Matthew, people call Jesus the son of David. They're referring to this genealogy and going back to King David. So Jesus grew like a young plant and like the root out of a ground, as Isaiah 53 puts it. Now there's more to Jesse, the father of King David, than meets the, light, the, the immediate eye. His father was Obed. And his was a remarkable story as well. Do you remember the story of Ruth the Moabite who married an Israelite? Hey, there's, uh, there's Gentiles in the line of Jesus. Ruth, uh, her story was somewhat tragic. She, uh, her husband died, her brother-in-law died, her father died, her father-in-law died, and then she had to, as uh, she went back to Bethlehem with her mother-in-law, this Gentile woman with a tragic story went back to poverty and hunger and some despair, no doubt, which is so common to so many waiting for the advent of the coming of Jesus. But there evolves in this love story a far-reaching consequence. Ruth marries Boaz. They have a son. And then Grandma Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him, it says, in the book of Ruth. He was the, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David, and the rest, as they say, is history. I've always been fascinated by that story. David's great, great, 
great 28 times grandson was Jesus. See, when the time had fully come, God sent his son accurately, correctly. And when the time comes again, Jesus will return. He kept the first promise, so he's bound to keep the second promise, wouldn't you say? There's no reason to doubt that he will come. He said that to his disciples. He said, about that day and hour, no one knows except the Father. But he's promising, I will return. He'll return like a thief in the night. Not as a thief, like a thief. Unexpected. And in this instance, welcome by so many of us in this room tonight. But the unexpected with far-reaching consequences will our play and when he returns. So the big question I want to finish this evening with is, will you be ready? Will you be ready? You won't all know this, but a week ago, yesterday morning, my father-in-law went to be with the Lord. He'd been waiting. He'd been expecting. He was confident He has a foretaste today of what we can anticipate when Jesus returns. He's with his Lord. The last five minutes of his life on earth were spent listening to his wife, my mother-in-law, praying him into the arms of the Saviour. He'd said it so many times recently. Sometimes it seemed like a joke. Sometimes I think he really meant it. He was ready to go. My question to you is, and to me, am I ready to go? How confident are we, whether we pass through the valley of the shadow of death or we are at the coming of Jesus ready to be taken to be with him and return with him to be on this earth? Are we ready? Are we confident? Billy Graham said of his death, someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't believe a word of it. I should be more alive then than I am now. I will just have changed my address. I will have gone into the presence of God. And what a presence that is. What a presence that will be. For on the day that Jesus returns, a whole new heaven and earth will be put into play On that day, the root of Jesse, verse 10, will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. I saw a slogan this week that read like this. For the first time he came, only a few saw him. The next time he comes, every eye will see him. Advent is our great longing, our hope, the thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. That's where we're at, or where we can be at tonight, through faith in Jesus, through receiving his grace and his love and his forgiveness, because he came the first time, and because he went to prepare a place for us, John 14, and because... Here's a song, you're going to hear it in just a second. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the King. 
Wish I could sing, I would sing it to you. Soon and very soon we're going to see the king. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the king. No more crying there. No, we're going to see the king. No more crying, no more crying because we're going to see the king. And that's what's in uh, Isaiah 11, what that will look like. I won't read it all again, but the wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. And so it goes on to talk about that time that is recorded in the book of Revelation as well. It's not surprising then that the Bible ends with these words. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, so it says. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. Soon and very soon. Listen to the song as the band come back and lead us in another song that will exalt the King of Kings, the one whom we live to see return, the one who we rejoice in, the one who came not just the first advent but will come again soon. songs. We've only got one prepared, so we'll sing one we haven't planned. Um, it's a praise the name. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. 